Welcome, everybody, to the Good Bottle Podcast. I am your host, Chris Sinclair, and I'm joined by my fellow host, Drew Garrison. We're a couple of self-proclaimed booze pundits with a lifetime of industry experience, reaching all the way back to washing dishes and cleaning them pizza ovens, all the way to owning multiple businesses and selling some of the most exclusive brands in the world. Our goal is to walk you through today's most interesting alcohol industry headlines while sipping on some of them dope drinks. You know, Drew, what are we covering? Chris, we got a live one today that is fueled by passive-aggressive DoorDashers and canned Starbucks. While we are sipping on some uncommon things today for us, we're going to be covering Wave Financial Group's first investment into whiskey, winemakers worried about smoke taint with all the California fires, and our favorite box wine company is getting into some different stuff. So with all that said, we're going to have our dope follows as well. And before we get to it, Chris, what are you drinking? I am drinking some Basque cider. It is uh, pronounced Izeta cider, and it is sour, and it is uh, funky, and it is freaking delicious. And it also costs next to nothing, which makes me very, very happy. Uh, yeah, it's just the tits. <laughs> Basque, Basque cider. What is like Basque as in the, like the, is that a region? That's uh, a region. It's a, it's a culture. It's a language. That's what I thought. It sounded familiar yet completely unfamiliar. It is. So uh, Basque, uh, uh, Basque country uh, spans across the, the border of France and Spain across the Iberian peninsula on the Western side of the Iberian peninsula. Um, it is one of the, only areas of Europe that has never really been conquered. And as such, uh, both Spain and France just said, yeah, okay. Like, like you're part of us and you're also part of us, but you guys also are just sort of allowed to do your own thing. Um, and so like their food, uh, and their booze and everything that they do is so iconic to that region. It's, it's just lovely. Um, uh, it, uh, let's see. My wife and I, we uh, spent a week there during our honeymoon in San Sebastian. And it was hands down. My wife was, we were there for five minutes before my wife informed me that that's where we were going to retire. Uh, so needless to say, we, we love it. That is, that is really cool. And you can actually get that in the States now, like this bass cider. And when you're talking cider, is like apple-based cider? Yeah, it's yeah, it's apple cider, and it's like totally wild fermented. It's um, it's funky. It's um, it's it's yeasty. It, it it's really slow fermentation, so it draws out a ton of flavor. It also is is usually not high in alcohol, um, which also makes it really fun because then you just you just drink it all day long. Um, this one I'm sipping on right now is six percent, so it's it's really easy. You know, it's not like a wine where you're, where you're at like, you know, anywhere between 10 to 14% or, you know, upwards. So it's, it's really easy to just hang out and pour yourself another one and, you know, just feel good about life. This, this one's also like really sour. Um, I w I would say for, for someone looking to get into Basque ciders, uh, if you're only used to like angry orchard, <laughs> I would, I would probably steer very far away from this. Uh, this is uh, 
tastes very similar to kombucha. Mm. Super sour, uh, verging on vinegar. I love it. I love it. It's just, just excellent to me. Yeah. That's just, it's really interesting. So we don't do a tremendous amount of prep for this show. If you guys can't tell. And one of those things that we don't do is like, I don't know what you're drinking until we actually jump on the call um, or pre COVID times until I'd show up and pull it out of the bag. But tonight, right. and I know I teased it is that we're both drinking kind of uncommon things for ourselves. I'm also drinking a beer and I'm drinking a beer from, from Poland called Ochimin. And it's, it's a, it's a uh, Polish Pilsner, again, completely out of out of like my normal kind of go to. So I don't know what's in the air between the two of us that we were both like we should we should both drink beers tonight, and then we just um told each other through our brain waves. But this one also of the of the same mindset. It's it's low it's low in alcohol. It's only five point six percent, so you can just crush these all day. It's, you know, again, it's a Pilsner, so it's not supposed to be over the top, but, you know, this is just really well-made stuff. This brewery's been around since 1845. Um, the Polish have been making beer since the 1200s, so I think they got it pretty dialed in. Um, and one of my favorite things about this beer is on the front of it, because, you know, it has, like, just nicknames for everything, and on the front, it just says, okay, beer, and I love that. <laughs> it's Okay. It's okay. And it just fully, you know, it, it totally owns it. So you definitely have to make sure you check out, um, you know, our Instagram post on this one because the OK Beer label is just the best. Um, and I mean, it, and again, I've worked with a lot of these Eastern European uh, offerings and this is just a really fun one. And, and one on, you know, on a hot day, you can just, you can just crush things. So I don't know if it's the smoke in the air, just setting the mood for, for beers, but we're both drinking beers tonight, which is just crazy. Hey, man, I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it either. Like I said, this is this is a fun one. It's, it's important to be well rounded. But we also we it. also got to keep our listeners, you know, on their toes. They can't they can't just you know always assume that we only drink mezcal or we only drink scotch. That's just unfair, you know. So uh, it's. It's important to give them a view into our real lives. <laughs> the occasional beer consumption. I actually really don't drink beer ever. Yeah, I don't either, but that's because I'm a glutard. So I, I, yeah. I really can't. Right, right. Yeah, for me, it's mostly just I find them so incredibly filling, especially you know if you like these, these ass-kicking beers that you see now. Um, in like the late 2000s, I know I was like very much so the classic beer drinker of I had to try everything that was new. It was never about drinking what I liked. And at that time, I think they got up to like triple IPAs, which were just mental, right? Just, I mean, the, there was nothing enjoyable about that time during beer production. And 
it, it was it was just such a fool's errand, and it's something that still happens today. So like I I think earlier this year, you know, we were doing those stories about you know drink the flagships is like a is like a month for beer people now because <laughs> because they've conditioned all of their drinkers to only pursue new things and actually not drink what they like. It's become like a competition amongst them. So you know when I do drink beer, it, it tends to be this lighter stuff that doesn't make me feel like I just dropped five pounds into my gut and now I have to walk around all day. But this is a really think, fun one for for that. Like I said, it's great packaging. It's, it's okay. So it's, it's awesome. I feel like beer in the last 10 years has modeled the same that like weed has, has uh, the same trajectory that weed has undergone in the last 10 years where it's just gotten so big and so insane that it takes someone truly skilled and dedicated to actually be able to appreciate things of that of that intensity because i'm a lightweight now man i used to smoke a lot when i was in my early 20s and uh let's just say i can't hang it's there's just no way and i feel i feel like the ipas sort of took beer in that same trajectory it's just it's too much it's a lot yeah it's aggressive a lot yeah well I think now it's time for our opinion on facts that we heard from reputable sources. The Wave Financial Group has made its first whiskey investment. Back in March, uh, Wave came out and said that they wanted to buy up to 25,000 barrels of American whiskey, in particular bourbon, and then... uh, over the course of a six-year investment, they wanted to see a 20% increase uh, or return on their on their revenue. And so they just went out and announced just this past week that they bought their first 1,000 barrels from Wilderness Trail Distillery. Chris, are you ready to invest in the future of American whiskey? I was, when we first covered this story way, way back, um, I was skeptical. I sort of assumed that they'd only be buying tater whiskey. <laughs> they'd only be buying stuff from uh, brands that, you know, just have crazy folklore or some insane marketing behind it or, um, you know, somehow with just sheer, sheer dollars, they were buying uh, Blanton's casks and Pappy casks. I was actually really impressed to see that they got as much Wilderness Trail and also Wilderness Trail just in general. Uh, For those of you who don't know, Wilderness Trail is a a relatively new uh, brand that was uh, started by the yeast scientists uh, who are in charge of uh, fermentation at at, uh, distilleries like Willet. I find this really interesting. They did everything the right way uh, for starting their brand. They didn't, they didn't release two year old whiskey, at least not in to the general U S you know, you might've been able to go to the distillery itself. And and by, by no means you should check out photos and aerials of the, the distillery. It's, it's pretty large. It's not, it's not a small venture, but these guys are, they're laying down tons of whiskey. Um, the other part that makes it really fascinating 
is Wilderness Trail is purely a sweet mash whiskey. Both their rise and their and their weeded bourbons are sweet mash whiskeys. What that means is uh, where most whiskeys take their mash bill that is fermented, the the, the raw materials, um, you know, all the grains, everything is blended up together and then fermented. Uh, usually then that's like cut in half and thrown into the new batch of of cereal grains and and the wash and what have you because it 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 brings the yeasts with it it picks up fermentation so it's a little bit faster and it adds a little bit of like consistency into your fermentation these guys being fermentation scientists have decided that they don't want to do that they just start from scratch every single time because that's how they feel that they can reach the highest level of consistency. So the fact that this group went to this distillery and bought how many barrels, Drew? A thousand. A thousand barrels. With plans to get up to 25,000. That's, A, that's impressive. It's really interesting. And I'm wondering who is... Who's who's leading them in this venture? You know, who's who's signaling that this is probably the way to go? Um, it makes me it makes me interested. I want to learn more. If I had the money to invest, I would do it based on this purchase. What about well, you? So there, the the investment strategy works through all cryptocurrency, which um, you know I don't know anything about. Nor so do that, I. That would be <laughs> a major a major red flag for me. I mean, the guys definitely seem. Like they, they got their finger on the pulse. I mean, they they have a couple different investment strategies that you can look into. Like another one is you can invest in art. You can also invest in wine. Um, again, this is this is not my field of expertise, but they they seem very approachable in finding out more. So we'll have to maybe shoot them an email and see what we can find out about what's happening. And they're based out of West Los Angeles, so. Um, I think they would be relatively easy to reach out, but I mean, I think it's cool. It's when they first announced what they were doing. Um, I, I for sure was a little skeptical because I think the the same mindset was, okay, you're going to go and try to find the most popular stuff in the world and it's going to be overpriced. And, you know, what are you really contributing to, to the industry as a whole, like, is this a positive? Is this a negative? I mean, I personally feel that whiskey investment is a good idea. Uh, I have a couple of bottles myself that I never plan on drinking, and, and oddly enough, they're all Americans uh, whiskeys. Uh, <laughs> well, that makes it easy. Anyway, you're not yeah, you're not getting yeah. high on your own supply, right? Yeah, so like, I have no interest in drinking them, so they can just sit there and hopefully increase in value, which some of them have, which is really cool. So. Again, going back to the first time that that we heard about it, I, I think it was in the same mindset. And I know you use the term tater whiskey, and that's you know to to review for our people who maybe didn't tune into that episode. You know, the tater is the type of buyer who only listens to like the Facebook groups and buys all the things that you know it should cost thirty dollars, and then now it costs two hundred because they made it quote unquote rare, even though it's not really rare. And I, and I thought that was the direction they're going to go. The getting into wilderness trail distillery, like that's really cool. I really appreciate the fact that they went with somebody smaller and it, 
and again, it's it's about improving the industry as a whole, right? Because you have this new distillery that's doing things a little bit differently, and they're investing in those guys, and they're probably going to come out with a pretty great whiskey. Oddly enough, I know we talked about this a few weeks ago, but you remember when I correctly guessed the ABV on a blind sample? Yes. It was Wilderness Trail. Oh, cool. Was, is what I guessed. Um, so I will always have a special place in my heart for that crowning <laughs> achievement on my career. Uh, but yeah, I just, I, I'm a lot more excited about this project now, knowing who they're working with and who they continue to work with. It appears that they would be potentially a little bit behind schedule just because, you know, that announcement was made back in March, right before COVID hit. So obviously everything's super behind, but they made the investment. They're at a thousand barrels now. Again, the goal is to reach 25,000 barrels. And there's, there's plans in place. Like if you wanted to get out early, you can and stuff like that. They, they have all these different things and contingencies in place. I mean, again, some of the hesitation would come from the cryptocurrency thing because I just don't understand it at all. So maybe one of our listeners who does know about that stuff can can reach out and educate us. That would be really cool. But I just I don't know anything about that. So but yeah, I think it's I think it's definitely worthwhile like to to at least send an email and be like, hey, what's uh what's the deal here? How you know what how do I invest? How do I get involved in this? And if it's not this, maybe it's art, maybe it's wine. It just seems like a, a different way to invest in something that seems a lot more interesting to me, you know, cause I'm not interested in the stock market, but I'm interested in whiskey and I'm interested in potentially art or wine. So. Yeah. And I, I feel like the, at least the, the, the booze market, you and I have a, a relatively good grasp on so it's a it's a product and it's a an, yeah it's a product that we we understand you know it's it's something that we can we can get behind and we've seen the trends and we we understand why it builds in value and how it how it moves through the marketplace so for the past month California and most of the Western United States has just been straight on fire. And because of that, winemakers up and down the region are now starting to become very concerned about smoke taint. And it's a very valid reason to be concerned, but not so much for consumers. So reading through an article was talking about the different crops that are being destroyed and the damage that, you know, winemakers and wine farmers are currently facing with smoke taint on their grapes. Um, the consequences could, you know, really put a $40 billion industry in huge jeopardy. But what we're seeing from previous years and the Australia fires actually this, you know, earlier this year is that smoke taint might not be as bad as we originally thought. And there, you know, only time will tell. And what I've learned is that smoke compounds are actually really sneaky and can remain non-volatile until it's too late so it can sit in that barrel and then when the winemaker goes to actually bottle it that's when it can you know present itself and, and ruin the batch but according to uh wine australia ceo uh andreas clark only three percent of their of their wine was lost to the fires earlier this year in australia and 
for Australia when their fire occurred is actually during their harvest season. So it's very eerily similar to California situation right now, but they only lost 3%. With that being said, there's a lot of still stuff sitting in barrels. So we don't know what the full number is going to be, but that's got to be encouraging for a lot of people, right? Is that you see all these different fires and you're just thinking, oh, these wineries aren't going to be able to do anything with any of these grapes because smoke typically in these situations, it's not like a, it's not like a scotch scenario or single malt scenario. Smoke is not complimentary when it comes to these wine profiles. So hearing this, Chris, what do you make of the information that maybe we don't have to worry as much about smoke and the fires right now when it comes to wine production? Well, before I get highbrow, I'm going to dip way down low and get real lowbrow and just say that, uh, you know, smoke taint is uh, not some guy or a bunch of naked guys running around the fields naked and, uh, you know, covered in ash and then rubbing their taints on the grapes. So that's not what we're talking about. That being wow. said, every wow. single time you said smoke taint, I could not get that image out of my brain. All right, let's bring it right back up. So smoke taint is uh is fascinating it, more specifically the gra- grapes and viticulture is really fascinating apparently the the only time uh, grape skins become porous enough for smoke to penetrate and get into the meat and get into the juice and and, and possibly affect you know the seeds and the inner workings of the grape through through the skins is right before they're harvested that's when they they grow enough the capillaries open up enough and that's the only real time where smoke can really penetrate that of course that's exactly the time when uh all of our uh uh, fire tornadoes are happening here in in california so uh i am hopeful that australia is a good example and something that we can we can lean into you and i have talked about uh you know one one wine grower who just wouldn't even bother picking his grapes. He just said, well, fuck it. This, you know, this harvest is lost um, because there's no way to know until it's too late. And why invest the money of hiring all these people when it's bad for their health to even just be outside. Um, And then also you might just have to get rid of everything that that juice has touched. And that's the barrels. You know, you're going to have to deep clean not that you wouldn't deep clean anyway, right? But you have to you have to toss out all that juice. God forbid you put it into a bottle and then it shows. Um, yeah, I I feel for a lot of these winemakers and, and everyone touched by what is happening right now. It is not, not a good place to be. Uh, I will say, though, uh, there is in Napa Valley, the, the I think it's the southernmost winery in Napa Valley. It's called Jameson Ranch. They have a, a Merlot a few years ago that that was just delightful, and it had a little bit of a smoky quality to it. Now, when I say smoky quality, what I mean is sort of like um, like a paprika smoke, so like a smoked red uh, red pepper spice. Not not like um not like an Isla smoked Scotch whiskey, right? right? So not not that big peat bomb, but you know just a hint of something. I hope that if someone happens to encounter 
smoke that has permeated their grapes and that they weren't able to get before all this happened. Uh, and it just happens to get in that for some reason it just happens to work out. And I, I really, really hope so. For two reasons. A, they don't have to toss it out. B, then they could like sell it at a higher cost and hopefully recoup even more because it's like this limited edition. Maybe they get some good press out of it or something like that. That'd be really cool. But uh, yeah. that's just that's just me being being an optimist. Uh, <laughs> do I think that that's going to happen? Probably not. Everyone's all fucked anyway, so it's okay. Yeah. So I have to I have to sidebar this conversation really quick because you brought up paprika. And I recently learned in the past few days how long your spices really don't last. <laughs> um, okay. And uh, for ground spices, it's three months. And for whole spices, it's like eight months. Yeah. I just, yeah. So if you guys didn't know that, feel free to go clean out your cabinets because that's exactly what you'll be able to do now. Um, <laughs> so that's just a little tidbit for the listeners at home. I'm helping you organize your cabinets. Um, but getting back on topic, one thing that I had someone bring up to me via my Facebook was uh, there's potential for people to actually, you know, still pick these grapes, ferment them, and then actually distill them to fortify wines next year. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a complete loss. You could also distill them and make them uh, distill them to a point where they become neutral spirits that then can be used for gin production or um, you could even say potentially like more hand sanitizer, even though that situation appears to be kind of figured out by this point. And then for the barrels, that's one thing that wasn't mentioned in, in the articles that I've read and the, the feedback that I've seen. But I do recall from a few years back, I think it was the 2018 fires and in particular, the ones that were up in the El Dorado uh, County region, a lot of those barrels got tainted to the point where they could not be used anymore. And it didn't matter right. what you did, cleaning them and stuff like that. And so a lot of the wineries were just dumping them for for just, you know, very little money. And I will say that you know, I connected with, I connected them with a few of my friends who are actually woodworkers and stuff, and they were able to make some really cool pieces and stuff like that. Some of which have gone back to the winery that you can. Oh, that's now, really cool. Yeah. That if you're now out there, you can, you can sit in those. And of course they uh, sold someone back for like their gift shop. So, you know, does that, does that make up for losing an entire crop? No. Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, but I am at this point, during my pandemic life and uh, I guess spectrum of emotions, just trying to do whatever the hell I can to feel better about things. So. Well, you know, I think, I think that, that that's, that's huge. I mean, it's, it's emotion is not quantified. Uh, yeah. It's not quantifiable, but it's totally qualifiable and, and having, having community come together to at least produce something. And even if it's, nothing more than just the gesture. I think that speaks volumes and it's something that we're all going through and it's something that we've touched on multiple times on this podcast. Uh, you know, and Drew and I, I hear you when you're saying that, you know, you, you were struggling and there's just the need to control something. And, and that gesture of, you know, getting artisans in touch with other artisans to create something, uh, 
um, beautiful, something fun, uh, even if it's not what it was originally intended to to do, I think is is just enough to to generate at least a little bit of optimism in the world, you know. So it doesn't feel like everything's lost, even if it's just emotionally. And in our final story tonight, our favorite box wine company, Franzia has decided to embrace its classy nature and come out with a brand new line of not just boxes, but backpacks, swimsuits, necklaces, and boxers that will have wine in them. Chris, if you could put wine into any everyday item, what would it be? Well, I don't know about an everyday item. But uh, definitely, if I could have an ugly sweater for the holidays that, uh, you know, maybe maybe the the bladders were underneath my arms, like in my armpit or like on my back or something like that, uh, or maybe on my belly, right around my belly, since that's already sort of squishy as it is. And so like you can hug people and they wouldn't know. Uh, but then like the straw going down your wrist and like coming out right near your thumb so you can yawn and stretch and then sip and then <clears throat> cough um yeah i'd buy that i'm all about that what what would you put your your bladder let's say your wine bladder into would it be would it be a bladder or would it also would it be uh something that was also box shape would it be something that's like a frisbee well, I, I don't. I, I don't know why a throwing frisbee would be fun. But. <laughs> um, I I think I would. I think what the uh, the chief marketing officer Jeff Dubiel for for Francia is like really trying to get across to people is that you know they want to connect with their consumers throughout you know <laughs> life's friendship moments by continually offering new ways to interact with the brand. And I'm um, like, well, okay, well, what do what do I have? You know, I can do the backpack thing. You know, but am I, you know, am I just, um, I know that there's, I'm totally blanking on the name of it right now, but if like, if you're an, actually a healthy person and you run and you have like those backpacks with the water in them, like, it's just kind of like a spin off of that. Oh right? yeah. I've got one for snowboarding. Yep. There you go. So, yep. so for me, I'm like, okay, well I'm, I'm not doing that, but I want to live like that Franzia for life, you know, style of living. And so for me, I'm going like computer bag briefcase kind of thing because that way it shows that i'm classy and i'm here to work but i also like to party and okay so uh, here's my question though there's a bag of wine in this bag where's the straw is it if it's in a briefcase is it is it coming out the side of your briefcase like you just like you just put it down you you know you, you like pump it out you know, like to use like pump the handle so it's a little bit of a hydraulic system and it just like goes out into your coffee mug while no one's I probably, watching. I, I'm, I'm going to immediately, immediately back out of the briefcase thing because <laughs> I just like I already see myself just picking up the whole briefcase and just dumping it into my mouth like I would a typical box wine. So I'm going to stick more with the computer bag and I'm going to run that tube up the strap, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's just you know, where it's, it's going to be a little bit more of the of the backpack feel, but it's a computer bag, so I'm classier. 
Um, yeah, and that mouthpiece can hide like right underneath the, the like the shoulder pad. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay, so now in in hearing some of these things, I I know for myself that I saw boxers and my immediate concern would be like I run hot, I can't let my wine get that hot. That's a big that's a big worry. For I don't me. know, man. You add mold mold spices into that and you got you got mold wine. You're good. <laughs> I mean, just I think the the concept of be like, "Hey, put some mold into your underwear." <laughs> And it's, it's so, it's so funny because it's, it's, I really like this guy's press release that he did. And this was reported on Fox News, which makes it even better. Um, but it's like, it's like fronts for life. It's like, I want everybody. Yeah. Like everybody has Franzia stories, you know, everybody slapped the bag at some point in their life. Um, I mean, I remember at one point we had to hide the box wine from a friend of mine because he was so intoxicated with the fronds that he just, we just, he couldn't have any more. It was completely ridiculous. And so he kept finding the box, though. <laughs> it was like he had caught the scent of it this is the world's worst hide and seek it was and he had caught the scent he knew where to find it to the point where i remember my buddy got so annoyed with our drunk friend that he grabbed the box of franzia and then threw it onto the roof oh my god he was not able the drunk friend was not able to get it off of after that and i just you know and that's just us living the franz life so you were, you know, uh, that, it's not the first time that I've ever heard of a boxer style bladder. There's, um, there's a brand, uh, it's called the freedom bladder and it is meant to wrap around your lower waist, uh, so that way you can sneak booze into theme parks, or at least that's where all my very classy friends have done that. <laughs> Uh, specifically disney world uh yeah that's it's always the that's always the the tip the dl like hey get one of these things and wear this around either your uh your waist like your lower pooch or put it between your legs so then like tap it to the inside of your legs the way no one like checks for it uh so i think though the difference is that's a very tiny tiny bladder i don't know where where these bladders, do you think they like wrap around the outside of your legs? Do you think it would be like an inflatable boxers? Cause I imagine that would also get really sweaty and uncomfortable uh, just from wearing, uh, unless you're sort of into that thing, then, you know, by all means, let your freak flag fly. But yeah, I don't, I just, when I, when I, when I hear things like that and, you know, I obviously I want to, fly my freak flag as much as possible when it comes to my box wine <laughs> options um i've never been that type of person that's like i need to uh, i need to enhance this experience with alcohol like i'm just not that's just not me because like the the experience is kind of like one of those things where it's like i want to remember all of this i don't want to be drunk um sure so i've, I've never subscribed to to that thought process but yeah, I mean, I, I 
I couldn't tell you the last time I had Franzia, but as this article goes on, I, I'm like strangely curious now. And it's funny because even in this, they know that they still need to appeal to, to wine consumers, I guess, because they're debuting a couple new offerings. And this, this one is fantastic. There's going to be two new five liter box offerings of the Sauvignon Blanc and a bold and jammy Cabernet, as well as two new 500 milliliter boxes that will be known as the Little Franz, which is Aww, a Moscato and a, and a Cab, uh, Cabernet <laughs> Sauvignon. Franz <laughs> minis! <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. And um, I don't know, I think there's, you know, I. Am I going to run out and grab a box of Franzia? Probably not. However, I love when companies just embrace who they are and they're like, we're doing, we're doing all kinds of fun stuff. And, and actually there's a few more things on here. There's, um, there's the, there's going to be socks. There's going to be tank tops on, um, and I don't know if these are going to have bladders in them, but there's also, a Franz ship necklace that you can get for you and your friend. I mean, there's a lot of ways to connect over this brand. I love Franz it. ship. Yeah, I love it. Really, they're really leaning into it, and you know, talk about knowing who you are. This, see, this is what I want to talk about for you guys. You know, we, I was joking earlier. We do do a little bit of prep, and we go back and forth with different stories and and things like that. And we won't get into who it is. But there was a story that we had discussed earlier where the company had interviewed a bunch of its drinkers and was like, you know, what do you care about? And all these different things. And one of the things that their consumers quote, you know, cared about was getting more health information from their booze company. And I just immediately was like, that is such a bunch of bullshit. You can't start the fire and then take credit for putting the fire out. That's so ridiculous. Just own who you are. You're, you're part of it. You're adding to it. Franzia is owning 100% who they are and 100% who their consumers are. They're like, yep, Franship necklaces for everybody. Well, I like that it's, uh, it's still sweet. You know, like it's, it's that emotional good that they're doing. Absolutely. Okay, so I've got one more question, though. Uh, we've discussed where we would like to have other uh, like wine bladders. Could you could you possibly create where where could you possibly have another terrible one? Is there anything worse to you than the boxers, or is that it? Like, could there be another misstep? Not a misstep. Another, I don't know, something equally disturbing. I mean shoes. If we're talking misstep, I don't want wine in my shoes. I disagree. You could have. You could have. Uh, you could make some like uh, goldfish style shoes, like pimped out shoes. You know, walking on some glass and then like lean over and pour a little bit out. Keep walking. Well, I, those actually already existed because what was there was that company a few years ago who did, and by a few I mean a lot of years ago that they had the. Uh, they put bottle cap openers on the bottom of the shoe. And then a few years later, 
they ended up putting a little, again, I mean, thinking back on it now, maybe like a hundred milliliter plastic flask into the sandal. Oh, good for them. Yeah. Um, it immediately got associated with more douchey people. Like it obviously, was, it was, <laughs> obviously, it was like almost instantaneous. Like the they didn't the, put them into Cole Hans. You know what I mean? They did not. They did not. And that's a fancy shoe that I actually own a pair, and they're very nice. So they're very comfortable. I, love I don't. Cole Hans. You know, I I did not buy it, so I'm, I'm not that good. But yeah, those are that, that was not the case with these uh, sandals. I'm about to figure that out. If somebody knows what those sandals were. It's going to bug me when I hear it because I'm like, of course, that's what they were called. Um, there's there's that. Well, I think uh, I think we've just both ended up on on realizing that we need our we need Cole Hans to start releasing flasks in their shoes. Yeah, this is the best of both worlds. I mean, if they did like a collaboration with with Franzia, I mean, talk about <laughs> worlds colliding. <laughs> you know who's dope them over there okay and now it's time for one of my favorite segments of the week and that is our dope follows of the week to start it off like i said guys i'm trying to keep it a little bit more positive these days and it's very very difficult to do you know because if your whole industry isn't shut down that your state's definitely on fire um so with that being the case i am now following this instagram account that's called third eye thoughts um and it's basically one of those things that just makes you feel better about your whole situation and it kind of like gives you that encouragement it's like a it's like a like a motherly encouragement to your daily life and um I think one of my favorite ones from it, and I'm just going to read it to you guys, so so bear with me here, is you are doing your best. Look how far you've come. Look how strong and resilient you are. No current situation or challenge can hold you down. You're too powerful. Snap out of overthinking. Remember who you are, why you started, and where you're headed. And then, of course, it's like, drop a like if you believe, which I don't ever do, but I really enjoy their messages. And um, <laughs> I just think it's important right now because, again, the hits keep coming, whether it's, you know, smoke. Fire tornadoes. Or fire tornadoes or whatever locust is going to hit us next. It's just, it's important to to remember. It's kind of like, you know what? Yeah, you're right. I am still here. I'm still moving forward. And um, I've shared a few of these via via my Instagram. And I've gotten a surprising amount of feedback from people. And I think I think there's a lot of people in this situation right now where historically I would look at accounts like this and I'd be like, easy Kathy from Starbucks. I don't need this, these thoughts. But now I'm like, I really need this daily affirmation. And this is really helpful for me right now because a few more positive vibes would be appreciated so again it's uh third eye thoughts and that's completely spelled out and that's on instagram so if you need a little daily pick-me-up and they actually post multiple times a day so if you can get multiple pick-me-ups check them out because it is uh like i said much needed at least in my life right now chris who's your follow of the week? uh i'm uh, i've got a homie that i'm gonna i'm gonna 
suggest everybody follows. Uh, it's uh, Josh Harris of Bomb Vivants and Trick Dog. But he's got a little side hustle that he's got going on called uh, B Vintage. Um, like BV, uh, Bon Vivants, right? But B Vintage. And that's on Instagram. And it's it's an Instagram store, essentially. So he runs out. He he goes, uh, you know, antique hunting. He goes uh, to all sorts of fairs and shops and, uh, you know, different uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, different uh, sales. Um, and State sales? State sales. Thank you very much. And, like, garage sales and what have you. And he finds just really dope things and puts them up for sale and uh and you know and then you can you know claim it and (laughs) yeah you can claim it and buy it right there and and uh venmo him money and he'll ship it to you and he's got some really cool things man there's uh and it's not just one style of thing today it was it was some like old old vintage uh lawn furniture that was really dope uh he's put up jewelry both for men women uh, really cool, like mid-century mirrors, uh, barware, all, all sorts of shit. It's really, it's really cool. It's a lot of fun. Um, it's just fun to sort of scroll through and see all the things he's gotten really good at just hunting for stuff. He started off just doing like watches, um, and it just sort of exploded into doing other stuff. Um, so that's that's pretty cool. Again, be vintage uh, on Instagram. I I think it's rad, and I think it's a uh, it's really cool to just see homies doing doing side hustles you know and just having fun with it you know it's not i think it just started off as something fun and just turned into an actual business which is kind of cool that's rad love yeah the good bottle podcast is a production of fluid concepts edited and researched by these two guys music is by two talented brothers of moderate handsomeness, Leon and Chase Moore. Before we go kill these bottles that we've been drinking, we ask that if you enjoy this episode, please smash that subscribe button. Leave us a five-star review. Because obvi. <laughs> and uh, you can also follow us on Instagram or Facebook at The Good Bottle Podcast. If you would like for us to cover a story or if you are affiliated with a brand that wants us to, to feature you, because, you know, please. Uh, <laughs> you could be as cool as Ashley Sawyer. That's all I'm saying. Uh, you can email us at thegoodbottlepodcast at gmail.com. And as a, to, to pour on to that, Ashley Sawyer is a real person who talked to us via Instagram this week. Ashley, you're awesome. Your boyfriend's awesome. Thank you so much for your support. We really, really do appreciate it. It kind of reinvigorated the both of us that we know that people are out there listening and digging what we have to say. And as a reminder, if you want to purchase any of the stuff that we drank tonight, um, I know Chris definitely has the uh, Basque beer, and we've talked about the OK beer before, so we'll get that in there for you guys. Just go to uh, goodbottleshop.com, and you can pick up that stuff. But, uh, but until next time. Cheers, homie. Cheers, buddy. Mm-hmm. 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 Mm-hmm.